Welcome to Robots for Rise. Hello, hello, hello. Episode 10. Hey, we've got double figures now. Double there. digits, double digits. Uh, right, contacts, Rob. Well, uh, Collins as usual, uh, Adam and Bobby. Um, it's nice to hear from them every once in a while from America. And so, we, And we got some shout outs on the Facebook. First, first though, first of all, Maria, I forgot to give her a shout out last week, but she didn't even tell us. Yeah. She didn't tell us that she wanted the shout out when no, she heard the episode. She just she expected said, it, did she? Well, where's my <laughs> shout out? Yeah. So, Maria, there's a shout out for you. How's that? Uh, also, uh, thanks to the people that have joined the Facebook page. Uh, we've got shout outs to Hannah, uh, Robin, James, um, and Paul, uh, nice. who's going to be uh, pimping us with some sick music. Yeah, new music coming your way, yes, everyone. We can get rid of our crap YouTube stock shit that you listen to all the time. <laughs> Um, and, uh, we, and we're still doing free stickers. I don't know. How long do you want to do? I don't know. I suppose we'll just, we just see how it goes. Isn't it? It's one of them. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll keep cracking on with them. Um, still in the design stage at the minute, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they will be sent out. They, they are coming. They are coming. And that's to everybody, totally free of charge. That includes people in Japan, Australia, US, Canada, Turkey, Russia, Portugal, France, everywhere that has downloaded us. If you've downloaded, we don't care in the world where you are. We just want to... Send stickers out to you to say uh, to say thanks, really. So uh, to get involved on the Facebook page, Robots for Eyes podcast. Yeah, man. Right then. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Before we go on with the episode, two words: crack cushions. Oh yeah, the, lads. What's a, what's a what is a crack cushion? Crack cushion. Uh, most people who listen to this are, are com- not going to know what that is, and neither do we. But uh, <laughs> yeah, hopefully next week we'll have some more information. So let us know, lads. Yeah. Crack cushions. Crack cushions. Right then, this one is uh, an awful, awful, awful tale. It's not nice at all. No. It's, uh, it's a grim one. It's, um, it's a disturbing, uh, horrific murder, torture story with sexual abuse, necrophilia, and a spot of cannibalism thrown in, would you say? Yeah. I'd say so. Good, good bit of decapitation as well. As, uh, it's um, just one of them, yeah. I, 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 um, Classic serial killers. I was researching it through the week, and... Uh, I thought to myself, I was reading, I was researching about people biting cocks off, and I was, I was, what the, am I? Yeah, so, what the, why are why you looking am, at that? Well, no, it's because of this. <laughs> it's because of yeah, this. Yeah. I was like, uh, the things that you do, the things that, I was, I'm disturbed. Imagine if the police got your computer and you saw that, and be like, what the fuck's he no, doing? No, no, it's just for, it's just for people that listen. Oh, it's, bullshit, get him down, get him right. to the station. Well, um, <laughs> yeah, researching uh, some horrific things in the week, which are disturbing, but it's all, Comes back to a lovely fella called Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, lovely man. Also known as the Milwaukee Cannibal, or should I say, uh, well, is he a cannibal or a serial killer? He's just... He's, well, he's, he's everything, isn't he? He's, he's a he's, sex he's, offender, a he's, paedophile. He's insane, even though they said he wasn't. Um, he clearly is, from the stuff you're going to hear in a bit. It's, well, uh, he, uh, it is insane, literally. He basically uh, raped, uh, drugged, and murdered and disem- dismembered 17 men and boys between 1978 and 1991. Uh, he was fond of necrophilia, and he was also into sexual cannibalism. Um, well, they reckon that he, he, he didn't really like having sex with live bodies, did he? It was, it, his way was to basically kill him and, and then have sex with him and then he feels closest to him yeah, somehow. He was a bit of a disturbed individual. It's a bit tapped there, isn't it? But the, the old sexual cannibalism thing, I, I didn't think that there was... Um, I thought cannibalism was cannibalism. Yeah. But... Is it, is it, yeah, is it it's not all, link, all linked with uh, sexual favours and stuff. Every, sexual. I wouldn't call it a favour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you mind dying true, yeah. while Do I bite your dick off? Mind you, there was a geezer in Germany, wasn't there, who, um, who put out an ad in a paper, and this is true, and... Uh, he wanted to eat someone's cock or something, and uh, some geezer applied for it, and he went and cut his cock, cut, cut his cut off, and he cock off, and he he died. Oh, no. And, and obviously, he, he said he tried to play plead that he he agreed to it, which he did. He did agree to it, but you can't, can't really just do that. Can can't you? do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, you can't yeah, do you that. You can't do that. Yeah, you can't be doing that. Come on, he, he agreed to it, and you know, yeah, yeah. You can't just go around when people <laughs> agree to have their knob cut off to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer, what a crazy fool. Um, he also liked to preserve the body parts of his victims. Uh, some people collect Pokemon and others collect skulls of dead people. Skulls, um, um, cocks in jars. Yeah, yeah, he put body um, parts in jars, each to their own, I suppose. Yeah. He kept the good, sk- might be a good little hobby. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like uh, taxidermy on acid. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he kept skeletal remains. Uh, he used to... 
rip every piece of meat off the bones. He stored body parts in the fridge for later consumption. So he's smart. He doesn't want them to go off. No, no, no. He's worked it out. It's an expensive commodity, a human thigh, I would imagine. It's not easy to get hold of. Bit of a long pig. He also put cocks and balls in jars. Uh, He dissolved them in oil drums filled with acid. Um, And after his arrest, he told police that if they'd got him six months later, when they came into his apartment, they would have found an altar of bones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Exactly. He would kill and was obsessed with dead animals as a child. Apparently, though, he had a normal childhood. Uh, His parents got divorced, which is not common uh, back then, I suppose. But now it's it's common as... Yeah, it happens all the time. So so I don't know whether that would have been something that would potentially spin somebody out. I doubt that very much because it doesn't spin anybody out these no. days. Why would it, it certainly wouldn't send me to yeah, well, killing put it, 17 men. Put it this way, if that was the case, and it, there'd be a whole load of people going on serial killing sprees, wouldn't they? Exactly. So it's, uh, it's just something he's tapped in his head, isn't it? Yep, yep. Um, Dharma's friends and family noted that uh, Jeff, little Jeff, had a number of strange interests and attractions. When his father, Lionel, would clean out the remains of dead rodents from underneath the house... Uh, Dharma, who was four at the time, um, according to his dad in this account, he said he was fascinated by, with the rotting remains of the rodents and he would play with them, happily running his hands through the bones. He seemed to enjoy the sounds it made. His father thought this was a, just a normal sign of childhood curiosity. What? I mean, if, he, if his dad thought it was normal... Imagine what what if, was his dad doing? Imagine if the neighbours had kids and they come around and went, go, go and play with Jeffrey with the, the, the uh, dead rat and just yeah. stroke the dead rat inside, you know what I mean? Just be like, um, no, you're right. Good dismay with <laughs> yeah. the rat. He what, was, is he saying not normal? <laughs> well, exactly. Well, you don't kill, you don't do that. No, no. you're not normal then. <laughs> yeah. He also used to bike around the neighbourhood looking for dead and dying roadkill. Uh, he put severed dog's heads on spikes. This is not normal. If his dad thought it was normal, I think he needs to be asked a few Yeah, I, I think so as well. That's... Yeah, imagine that. If, if if that was normal, there'd be dog's heads and all sorts everywhere. It would be, yeah, if it was normal. Yeah. It's not, though. It's not, though, is it? From the ages of six, there were signs of Dharma's future psycho showing through. Apparently, he had a fairly minor operation for a hernia that seemed to go well, but family members soon started to notice that his personality was changing. The ops seemed to have helped the inner psycho emerge. He became a quiet lad and withdrew into himself, spending long periods of time alone. Uh, it was around this time that his passion for collecting roadkill and animal skeletons ramped up. He cleaned the flesh off the bones with acid from a toy chemistry set. His dad was a chemist, so this explains why he had a chemistry set. Um, and he probably learned a lot from his dad, fire asking yeah. questions, who unwittingly told him how to probably, dissolve people. Yeah, which basically, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is a skill he would uh, adopt later in life. Oh, yeah, it's probably a very good one. His pals at the time said he seemed to be obsessed with what went, un- went on underneath the animal's skin. He impaled lizards on sticks and preserved insects in bottles. By the time high school rolled around, he was considered quite odd and unapproachable. Quite odd. Just, just a tad odd. A little bit, little bit weird. Did, he started off, obviously, with the road kills and stuff, didn't he? But he was killing them after a while, wasn't he? He was actually killing them and, and doing it like that. Yeah. Because he, he was saying that... A little hobby, which it, I suppose it, I know it sounds weird, but it could have been a hobby if he went into taxidermy because that's what that's you know that's what they do. Well, there's, there's a clip that we got towards the end of the um, line, that towards the end, where he says exactly that it could have gone in, it could have just been a normal. Uh, is taxidermy a normal hobby? Probably. I, 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 yeah, they've got shops, haven't they, where they sell like fucking badgers with like wings and stuff, and they attach it to them. Don't they? I, I know. At least, I know at least one of our listeners is into taxidermy. So, oh, right. Paul. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think you've got a badger called Mister Scrivens, haven't you? <laughs> badger. <laughs> a stuffed badger called Mr. Scrivens. I'm sure you have. And it, uh, was it, uh, I remember him saying, so I'm not sure if it's like bat hands or something he's got. Or something, well, not hands, obviously. <laughs> but, you know. Fill us in. Yeah. So, yeah, you can tell us. His, uh, his classmates also took note uh, how animated and attentive he became uh, when it was uh, time to dissect uh, a baby pig in a bio- biology class. He also played... The clarinet, so he's, he's soft at heart. But here's a clip. <laughs> here's a clip that we've got lined up. Basically, Dharma describing his uh, his own uh, his childhood in his own words. So we'll fire that up for you now. I hope that comes across okay. Bear with us. Rob's Hello. just sorting Sorry, that out. Sorry, on a second. I so say we're really high tech. You see in this operation. Yeah. Let's have a go and see if it comes through. Should do. Any second now. The early years. 
in ninth grade, uh, in biology class, we had uh, the usual dissection of uh, fetal pigs, and uh, I took I took the remains of that home and, and kept uh, the skeleton of it, and I just started branching out. Uh, dogs, cats. I suppose it could have turned into a, a normal hobby like taxidermy. And all I know is that uh, I wanted to, to see what the insides of these animals looked like. I, I, um, there may have been some violence involved, some underlying subconscious feelings of violence. Uh, I just it was, a, it was a compulsion, it became a compulsion. What would you do with the, with the dead animals, Jeff? Take them back in the woods, uh, skin them sometimes, uh, slit them, slit them all the way open, uh, look at the organs, feel them. Can you describe what no, you were thinking? No, I, I, was, I was, it was just mystifying to me how, how the insides of the animal looked. There was a sort of ex uh, general excitement for me. I don't know why. Uh, it, was a, it was exciting to see. Nice fella. I was drinking a lot during that time. And just, uh, I don't know, looking for something to, uh, some way to find some fulfillment, some, some pleasure. And I acted on my fantasies, and uh, that's where everything went wrong. Did you ever tell yourself, I have to stop this? I must stop doing this? Yes. When it was going on? After, after the second time, it, it seemed like the compulsion to do it was too strong, and I, I didn't even try to stop it after that. But uh, after, before the second time, things had been building up gradually, uh, going to bookstores, going to... Uh, the bars, the gay bars, uh, bath clubs. When that did, when that wasn't enough, uh, buying sleeping pills and, and using it on uh, various guys in the bath clubs, it just escalated slowly but surely. And uh, after the second time, which was uh, not planned, uh, it was out of control. Felt like it was out of control. Were you relieved to be arrested? Part of me, part of me was, and part of me wasn't. Explain. Uh, par I don't know. It's it's like uh, I don't believe I have a split personality, but you, you know the feeling where oh, you're you're sort of glad about something, but on the other hand, you're not. That's that's how it was. I was. It was a relief not to have to uh, keep such a gigantic secret that I had kept for so many years. And once I saw that I had no choice but to face it, I uh, decided to face it head on and uh, make a full confession. So uh, I am glad that the secrets are, are gone. So is he saying take him I, I just get uh, angry with other people who, who think that uh, they have a right to, uh, to somehow try to blame my parents for what happened. That's not right at all. No one has the right to do that because they're totally innocent. They had no knowledge of it. And uh, that angers me. There comes a point where a person has to has to be accountable for what he's done. Can't go, can't go around making excuses, uh, blaming other people or other things. So I, I alone am the one who's responsible for what's happened. The only motive that there ever was was to completely control a person, a person that I found physically attractive, and uh, keep them with me as long as possible, even if it meant just keeping a part of them. Well, that's a softly spoken individual. He, uh, he sounds intelligent, but he's a fucking monster. Yeah, well, you know, he's, he sounds rational when he's saying things like, you know, I take full responsibility. Um, the way he's talking about it, it built the way it built up in him. Um, you know, you could say that about going fishing. You know, I did it once or twice and then I started to love it. And it's, it's, it, yeah, it, it is it is the same thing. And if you talked to him in a pub, you wouldn't think you wouldn't think he was a complete psychopath, would you? 
Well, you think he's clever? He's a clever. He's bloke. clever. He's taken. You know, he's not. He's not hiding, beating around the bush about it. He got caught, and he went right. Okay, I'm telling you all what happened because, well, you, you found things in my house, so more shit's going to come up anyway. And, you know, so he's, he seems quite rational in that way, but obviously he isn't. You know what I mean? He, he, does, he doesn't try and. He doesn't try and trivialise what he's done. He also just completely accepts it, and it is what it is. But he he doesn't. Th- I mean, he definitely sounds like. That that he was a, there's a, some sort of dual personality, something going on that he can be one minute a seemingly intelligent, well spoken bloke, and then in in the next, as you as you'll hear as we get further into this, he can do s- some of the most disturbing and horrific things that that I've actually ever read. Yeah, yeah. When when I was um, watching documentaries on him. Um, I've, to be honest with everyone, I thought he, he was someone else. I thought he was a different serial killer. And then I was like, who's this fella? Um, and then, obviously, all the stories coming up um, about him. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, this geezer's absolutely crazy. But he doesn't seem it when you, when he's talking there. He seems pretty... pretty. I know he's caught, so you know he's got nothing to hide and all that. But um, he just seems intelligent, um, pretty rational when he's talking. Um, but obviously, it isn't the case when it comes to... What happens? Oh, absolutely not. We'll, we'll, we'll go into it now. Um, Dharma, he started drinking uh, booze at the age of 13. And by the time he was ready to graduate high school, he was a hardened alcoholic. Um, even though he was shit-faced most of the time at school, he still managed to ga- uh, graduate on time with the rest of his class. Because he's not, he's not stupid. No, you can tell he's not, he's, he's not a dumb fucker. He claims to have begun to have sexual fantasies involving dead bodies around this time at high school. Now, he's, in this section I've got here, he says he blames some of it on his parents' divorce, but in that clip, he says that's not the case. That's why I've, I've kept that right, in yeah, there, because okay. it's contradictory, so I don't know what the fuck's going on in his it, head. It, well, he might maybe, when he blamed it on that, it was probably maybe soon after he was caught, and then, to be honest, he's, you know, he's just gone, well, it's, it's not really their fault. You can't really blame a divorce um, on him killing 17 people no, no. and dismembering them in them ways. You no. can't blame that on a divorce. I just find it very, very unsettling. I mean, when you when you hear about him, you know, be, being at school and having fant- fantasies about having, you know, sex with dead people. I mean, there's a crazy piss lad who wanks to dead bodies at the back of the class and there's normal normal kids in that room. Yeah. And there's a literal monster in the room with them and they hadn't... They were so vulnerable. Yeah, so yeah. vulnerable. It's 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 cri- It's mad when he did. That, I, I it want, didn't happen before. I want to know, right? When they were dissecting the pig and all that, right? Why didn't the teacher then go? Um, where's the pig gone? I might have just asked for it and said, "Can I take it home and do some homework, please?" And he's oh yes, Jeffrey's really into this, and he's there, fucking doing whatever the hell. Fucking he's doing the pig skull or whatever he's doing. Probably, yeah, yeah. Um, so what we're going to do now is we're going to ramp up a gear and we're going to go into uh, Dharma's first foray into the world of murder. Uh, the victim was a, a 19-year-old bloke called Stephen Hicks. Uh, he had apparently been hitchhiking when Dharma found him. Dharma took Hicks back to his dad's house and basically had a party. He drank with him, played music, and had sex. Um, when Hicks had enough and he wanted to get up and get back on the road, uh, Dharma weren't having any of that, so he smashed him in the back of the head with a barbell and strangled him with the bar. You know, like the weight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Strangled him, so he's obviously knocked him out. Yeah, hit him with it, and then just yeah, he's forced he's like, it down on him or so something. He's strangled him with the bar, and then uh, he dismembered him with a carving knife. Had a cheeky wank over his body. Um, <laughs> he, that's what he, he did. Um, uh, I mean, sorry, I'm not laughing at the, the death. It's just the, the cheeky wank I'm over his body. To, I'm trying to add a bit of humour to something yeah. which is absolutely horrific. Yeah, I don't yeah, know if that's yeah. right or wrong. But, uh, but when he asked why he killed him, he said, well, he wanted to leave and I didn't want him to leave. Yeah. So well, it's kind of what he said there. Yeah. He just wanted, his, he said his main priority was um, people he was attracted to was to be as close as possible to him for as long as possible. That was his sort yep. of thing, wasn't it? That's what he's saying there. Well, he, and he kept, and he kept, he kept the uh, the bodies close because Hicks or whatever was left of him got buried in the back garden. He wouldn't kill again for nine years, apparently. But that I find that hard to believe uh, because he's you, you can you can see from what we're we're going through now that this this geezer is a bit of a nutter. Do, and do you, do you think do you think he did them in that time? Well, I think he's clever. I don't know because. He's clearly cause, going to prison for a very long yeah, time, so why hide it? But yet exactly. he's a psycho, so he may hide it anyway. Yeah. If you ain't, if you don't know, I ain't telling you. 
Well, from what I saw, it, it, it was a case. The reason that was was because he was he was he obviously stayed at his grand's and all that. Um, yeah. But then when he actually moved out into his own apartment, that's when it sort of ramped up again. It just went nuts. Then. Yeah. He had no one to. He had no reason. The, gra- to hide the grand it. threw him out for the, the stinky smells down in the yeah. fucking basement. Do oh, you want to yeah, go yeah. and have a look at it first and <laughs> go get him fucking done? Well, he uh, he went on to join the army uh, around the age of nineteen. Uh, when he got back after being kicked up, for, kicked out for alcoholism, I think his dad enrolled him to try and straighten him up. Yeah, try and... Um, so when he got booted out, he he came home and dug Hicks's dismembered body up. He pulverized the bones with a sledgehammer and scattered it around the property. The flesh that was stripped from the body was put into bags and buried in the crawl space under the house. And it wasn't for three years. Until the police found that and the forensics found it, they it stripped everything off his body, stuffed it in bags, and buried it under the house. That is, I mean, that's pretty good for your first go. We yeah, were playing stop, games. Yeah, yeah. He's, you know, he hasn't just done the murder. He's he's done it. He's come back and he's he's done more shit to it. You know what I mean? He's he's not fucking around. No, he wasn't. He wasn't. He uh, he basically had no hobbies other than dismembering animals. He he didn't like to interact with people and kept communications to. Uh, to a minimum, and as we said before, when the army booted him out, um, apparently they said you can have a plane ticket to anywhere in the country, um, and he chose Florida. Apparently, he was sick of the cold, didn't didn't want to go anywhere cold. So why Fair not? Enough. If you can go anywhere, go Florida. Seems reasonable. He spent most of his time in Florida in hospital for boozing, but was eventually kicked out for boozing. <laughs> yeah, he then moved home. So I, I'm surprised he didn't try and blame it on on boozing a bit of the murdering. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. He didn't. He didn't. He had. There's as far as I saw um, and read up, there was nothing said that he went. Um, maybe that's a link to it. Well, this. I mean, so we're now in Florida. He's out of the hospital for drinking, uh, and he moved back home. So the year is 1981 now. So that's whereabouts we are. This is where it starts to get a bit gritty. He moved in with his gran in 1982 and lived there for six years. His behaviour became more and more bizarre. Um, his gran said that she kept finding disturbing things in his bedroom, including a 357 Magnum under his bed. And he also had a male mannequin in his closet. I mean, why? What? I mean, sex doll practice. I don't know. Yeah. He, uh, you don't know. Do you, is it, like you say, is it a sex thing? Or was it just, like you say, just, working out what to do? It's just and, weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's just weird. Anyone with a mannequin sitting in the cupboard, though, is going to be a bit <laughs> tapped in the head, aren't they, really? Yeah. He uh, continued with, around this time, he was still continuing with his fascination with dead animals, dissecting dead squirrels in the basement and dissolving them with chemicals. Um, And also in both 1982, and we jump ahead slightly just for this, in 1986, he was arrested twice for indecent exposure. Um, These strange events led his uh, grandmother to to basically uh, kick him out. Once out of his grand's house, he found an apartment close to his job at the Ambrosia Chocolate Factory. Nice. I can't fucking believe he worked in a chocolate factory. Yeah, yeah. That is so disturbing. Yeah. I mean, it, I, I can't find anything to say this, but but or to back it up, but I bet you he put fucking bits of people in chocolate bars. He probably, probably did, yeah. Of course he did, because, he, well, he's tapped in there. You don't know what he's going to do. Well, they found the, the, um, a mummified head there. I wonder what? A head? Yeah, in his, in his locker. In his locker. So after what, his arrest. After he's been arrested. Obviously went to the work and checked it out, and he got a fucking mummified head in his locker. It's fucking brazen, isn't he? Just taking shit. It's just like that'll do. It's probably a good luck charm. Stick that in there. Take a skull to work. Maybe, maybe take a bit of flesh off that in a bit. Have a little, you know. Well, most people you, you open lockers at work, and there'll be like a picture of the family or whatever. Yeah. And you just got a mouldy. Maybe a bird with a tits out or something. Possibly. Yeah. Preferably but, yeah. over a skull. Yeah, in yeah. All yeah. I think I'd prefer that rather than a, a mummified fucking head in the cupboard. But, uh, yeah, he's crazy. He's a nutter. When uh, so he, when his grand kicked him out, he got himself a, an apartment. On the day that he moved into his new apartment, he was arrested. Right, so he's just got in there. He was arrested for drugging and sexually molesting a thirteen-year-old boy. He went to court and was given a sentence of five years probation and one year's work release camp. Work release camp is where like a prisoner who's trusted enough can go to work. He did mess around then. So the first day he he, he was already. On it, basically trying to work something out. Clearly, it was like the ch- like as soon as First he got his own there, place, he just went. He just ramped mental. up. He's like, I've, yeah, I've got it. It's on him, isn't it? He was um, obviously he was monitored at the work release camp. Uh, he was released two months early because he was deemed not to be a threat. He's molesting kids, and you've released him early. Yeah, he's a threat. First day, they should take things that in, things like that into account more. 
first day there and he's gotten arrested for for you know being a kid. That just shows you that he's rampant. He's just gonna just do it, isn't he? Yep. No matter what. So shortly after uh, he got uh, released from work release camp, the string of murders began, which ended with his arrest in 1991. Which we will go into more details later. Right, the victims. He killed, I think it was 17 people over the... Obviously, he killed Stephen Hicks first, and then it was like 16 people in a, in a, in a really, yeah, yeah. reasonably short... We can't go into all of them. There's no way we can go into all no. 17... Because it's just... You can't. It's just take, take too long. So what we've done... I've got... Um, it makes you think as well what he said. Is, it, is there stuff there he hasn't said? Yeah, of course. Of course. But the thing is, the things are so harrowing and so bad... And he's just confessed to everything. Why would he miss stuff out if he's saying, "Oh yeah, I used to keep fucking cocks and you know mummified in a fucking cupboard and you know heads in the office or you know at well, work he, did, or he didn't even try and hide it. No, this is um these are some of the accounts uh, of what they've discovered from the from the victims after they identified him. We'll go through a few. Um, Stephen Toomey, age 24, he was killed in the Ambassador Hotel on the 21st of November 1987. Dharma got him drunk, then he drugged him with some sleeping pills, smashed his chest in and attempted to rip out his heart. Dharma then fell asleep next to the corpse. You have James Docks. Do- Before you carry on, yep. um, interesting thing, I think that's the second murder we've done because he was talking about it and uh, he, he claims that he was just going to get drunk, have sex, and that was it, right? But then... Um, he he said that he woke up um, and his, his forearms were bruised, right? And the geezer's chest was bruised and he's, he said there was blood coming out of his face and he has got no recollection of it whatsoever. Bullshit. Does Apparently does not remember beating him to a pulp, basically. And, and trying to rip his heart out uh, yeah. of his chest. Didn't remember that? Apparently he couldn't he have been that pissed. Yeah. If I'm that yeah. pissed, I'm not, yeah. I'm not ripping no one's heart yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. He can fucking straight down, you walk through the floor, spunk onto the floor. And I'm that's choking it. on my own vomit if I'm that drunk. <laughs> yeah, I'm not killing yeah. anyone. Not ripping people's hearts out. James Dox Tater, age 14. Fucking 14. Uh, this is at Dharma's grandma's house. Uh, he was drugged again and then strangled. His flesh was removed from his bones with acid uh, and his bones were once again pulverised with a sledgehammer. Anthony Sears, age 26, at his grandma's house again. He strangled him before dismembering the corpse. He cut off his head and genitals to keep them as trophies. He then painted his skull grey and again pulverised the bones with the sledgehammer. I don't know why he's doing that. There seems yeah. to be some sort of... Well, there's a pa- there's definite pattern in the way he's killing people. Like a fucking pussy, he's not standing toe-to-toe with them. He's, no, no, he's, he's getting them hammered and then he's drugging them. And when they're unconscious, he's strangling, strangling them. them yeah. Pussy. Yeah. Raymond Smith, age 33, strangled him. Of course he fucking did. After death, he engaged in oral sex with the body. He then dismembered him and removed the head. The skull was then painted grey again and placed in the fridge. The bones were left in a tank of acid until all of the flesh had basically been dissolved. He then placed the bones around his apartment as ornaments. Tony Hughes, age 31. This was not, I mean... This is getting dark now because he's, pre- he's... I mean, it's not that it wasn't dark before, but he's preying on, like, 14-year-olds. Tony Hughes was deaf and mute, so this is a vulnerable yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. So, he, I mean, Dharma's... I mean, he must have been targeting him. He, uh, he, got, he got him into his apartment by writing a note and showing it to him. Right. And it basically... I think he was saying, Can, do you want to come and pose nude for me? And I'll, uh, you know, I'll pay you some cash. And for whatever reason, this, this vulnerable individual went with him. Uh, sure enough drugged him and strangled him. After killing him, he left the body to lie around in the apartment for a couple of days before dismembering it. The corpse was left to dissolve in acid and his skull was kept. Uh, um, this is the last victim that we're gonna go, I'm going to mention now because obviously we'll it's, go on forever. It's a classic, classic thing, isn't it? A trophy. They always seem to keep something, don't they, these serial killers? It's power. Do you think that's what it is? Do you think it's a reminder of what's happened as well, though? What they've, not what they've done, but that, that they've killed them. I think the beauty... Well, I say the beauty... the <laughs> It, you'll never... I don't think... There seems to be a, f- a familiar trait that does. Yeah, well, I mean, we talked about it with Bundy, and we also talked about it with Fred and Rose West. Yeah. The, I don't think that we, a sane person will 
will ever really understand or get to the bottom of why they do what they do because you're you, we're not crazy you know no. we're not gonna smash people's chests in and rip the hearts out and bite the dick off and fall asleep with them so you, unless you're gonna do that you cannot understand you mean you might get close you might get 80 percent of the way there and that's depending on what they reveal to you as the reasons why they yeah. may keep it all secret we may ne- well, we'll never know no but the, the last one we'll go into is a geezer called Conrack. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his second name because I will fuck it up. And he was 14. Uh, he was drugged uh, and experimented on before being strangled. The experiments consisted of drilling holes into the back of his head and injecting hydrochloric acid into the frontal lobes of the brain. Jesus. Whilst he was still alive, he did this to create, what he says, a zombie, basically. He wanted to have complete control over his victim whilst they're alive, but completely unresponsive. It didn't work, obviously, so uh, the body was dismembered and then stored in acid. Yeah. That's what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So this zombie state... um, there's a brief description here. I think that's the most disturbing thing, really. It's, yeah, he's it's, it's ramping it up. Even though it's ramped up mega anyway, he's ramping it up more. It's like it's not good enough. Yeah, exactly. Needs. It's he, weird, man. He attempted, obviously, to um, to create a permanent unresisting sex slave. By I mean, I don't know why you know, injecting acid into the head would do it, but I'm, I suppose it's a good a place as any to start, if you yeah, don't know. Yeah, if you want to try and make yourself a zombie... Do something to the brain. <laughs> exactly. He did it on two two separate victims. He, he would drill holes and pour acid, and I also read um, uh, bleach as well, into their brain cavities. Um, in both cases, the experiments were, unsurprisingly, unsuccessful. Right. Um, Dharma would kill the victims afterwards. He, he also said to the police that he probably would have stopped killing if his DIY zombie plan had worked because he'd have a semi-dead sex slave that he could torture and have his way with. It's a romantic at heart, isn't it? Oh, God, yeah. And he just, just wants someone to love. He just does. He does. He just needs a hug. <laughs> he just needs a hug. And he'd also sodomise the bodies afterwards. So, so you're getting a sort of a, an impression of... Um, uh, well, we know what he does to the bodies. The way that he kills them is a bit chicken shit. He's getting them drunk. He's, getting so them, yeah, he's picking vulnerable people, getting them drunk, drunk. Defenseless. And... and when they're out cold, strangling them and having his way. So he's a, he's a bit of a... I mean, he's, he's very, very disturbed, but he's, he's, he seems like a bit of a wimp. Yeah. He's doing it in a way that he knows he's never, ever going to be under threat from them. If you ever see him in the interviews and stuff, he doesn't look like a threatening person. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe he isn't that much of a threatening person. He just gets them, you know, and he just gets them under influence of drugs or booze and then does uh, strangles them. Well, what's really interesting is he wasn't known to the police. I mean, as we we said in 1981 and 1986, he he spent 10 minutes in prison for molesting... Um, you know, a little kid, so they knew. Uh, there were other chances to catch him too, um, other than being known. Um, in May of 1988, police officers were called by two women who found a naked, battered and bloodied Asian boy on the street. This was Conrack, the kid who was killed, right. who, who, I okay, related, yeah, yeah. who we attempted the zombie state on. So this, this lad who we tried to make into a sex yeah. slave, actually got out of the house and he was walking around. The cops turned up and sure enough, there was a naked and in serious need of help little boy. Dharma came out of his apartment and told the police that the boy was his homosexual partner. He was fucking 14, right? He's fucking 14. And the coppers said, best get him back inside, mate. Best get him back inside. You're making a you know a bit of a scene out here. You know, if he's pissed up or whatever. So this kid... It's like the police couldn't be arsed. They must be able to see that there was something a bit mental, like not in the right place. For instance, the kid's walking around naked. Second of all, he's 14. Third of all, he's going to be acting odd because whatever he's done to him has fucked him up. You know what I mean? Well, even... But yet... Yeah, they're still one. Yeah, just have him, have him back, don't you? Get even, him be inside. Even if he is, is your, 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 your homosexual partner and maybe they thought he was 18 and he was 14. I mean, he was battered. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He was battered and bruised. So I don't care, man. Do, do what you want to do. But, but if I was a cop, I'd be like, oh, nah, I'm sorry, man. Someone's in... Something's happened. Something, he's been levered in. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Sent him back into the house and his body, um, unfortunately, was identified in the carnage of the house. Um, and he was also the brother of a boy that Diamond molested previously. So I don't know whether he knew the family. It doesn't say, but, he, you know, he got his brother and he killed, and he obviously killed yeah, that lad. Was that a coincidence or was that sort no, of planned, nah, do you nah, reckon? Nah, no, he, I don't know. I think he got the hots from 
I don't know. Why the police didn't take the boy to safety is beyond words. Yeah, that's, that is it's, crazy. Because there's how, no way, there's no way he would have been in a normal state. You know what I mean? Well, imagine how scared he'd be. He'd yeah. been in that. He'd been yeah, in the apartment. If he's been beaten and, and drugged or whatever, he's not going to be acting normal either. He's no. just going to be walking around uh, or whatever. Two holes drilled in your head. Yeah. Acid poured in. Yeah, exactly. So, so they, I'm surprised they didn't clock onto that and go. Do you know what? You're coming with us. Well, it sounds like he was getting a bit complacent. I don't know whether it's his zombie plan was backfiring, and he was he was obviously he's beating the shit out of people, drugging them, injecting them, and not expecting them to get up. But they were. They yeah, were they're getting, getting up, up and walking out. Because this is how he was caught. He was caught really by chance. Uh, a victim again ran out of the house and bumped into the police. Literally, uh, Diamond was obviously, as we said, getting complacent. Um, now running down the street with a pair of handcuffs dangling from one wrist, Tracy Edwards, who was 32, told the police that Diamond was trying to kill him. I believe he had the holes drilled into his head as well right, at this yeah. point. So it's a new thing, classic. Yep. Edwards told police that Diamond had held him in his apartment and threatened to kill him, although they initially thought the story was dubious. I mean, he's got a handcuff on his hand, right, and he's naked and beaten up, and obviously not in... And they, they didn't he's believe clearly, it. Yeah, he's clearly stressed out and everything as well. You know what I mean? It's, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, the coppers took Edwards back to Dharma's apartment where Dharma calmly explained the matter was simply a misunderstanding and the officers almost believed him. However, they spotted a few Polaroids of dismembered bodies and then he was arrested. Oh, right, so they were in, the, in his apartment. Yeah, yeah, they and took they, him back. They and took him back. And yeah. the coppers spotted it from the side of his eye or something and went, what the fuck is this? Well, um, yeah, and when, when you hear what they found, I mean... I mean, he apparently he went without a struggle. Uh, whilst under arrest, he expressed remorse and seemed to know what he'd done was awful and wrong. Um, he told police how he captured his victims. He said he'd usually lure men from shopping malls, bars and gay clubs by offering them money to pose for pictures. After drugging them, he would strangle his victims and dismember the bodies. Um, they didn't stand a chance as he drugged them first and then finished them off whilst they were unconscious in most cases. He often boiled their heads to remove the flesh. This is what he's telling the police. Nice. You imagine nice. sitting there and listening to him tell you this. He'd boil the heads to remove the flesh. You wouldn't think it's real, would you? No? If someone, you'd think it's, it's some sort of like the storybook. And that the, the authority saying in, in at least one case he had anal sex with one of the victims. At least one case. How about all of them? Yeah. You're not going to do that and... If it was mostly, majorly on sexual fantasies that he was doing it, because that's what he says, yeah. then he's, he's going to have done most of them, isn't he? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd, uh, he, he said to the police that he'd, t- he'd twist the bodies into strange, contorted positions and have sex with them throughout the various stages of decomposition before eating them. Now, I'm not telling you to Google it, but I have, and it's, it's unbelievable what they took pictures of in there as evidence and it's unbelievable what he took pictures of I mean it's it's so dark I haven't seen any of them pictures I might have to have a look just to go fucking hell it's it is um, because you can hear it and it sounds bad but it's it's obviously going to be worse when you see it as well yeah it is some of the positions he put these people into I mean, he'd bend their heads back under their back so that, you know, so you could barely see them. And he, he just, con- I'm like, when he says contort them into weird positions, I mean... You really do, yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you, you can't get into them positions alive. Yeah. They're so They're twisted and, and bent. Fucked, yeah. um, and obviously the uh, the coppers now were, were in the apartment. And what they found in there is so shocking, I doubt they'll ever forget. And most likely they'd need, need help processing what they saw. There were body parts, skeletons. There was a shrine. Photographs were found showing victims in various stages of dismemberment. 16 men were tortured, murdered and dissected and stored in his tiny apartment. There were jars of body parts in the fridge, apparently to keep them from spoiling. There was a severed hand in there, which he freely admitted was there because he wanted to eat it. There were plastic bags containing flesh and bones. They found... um, oil drums uh, and a freezer that were used to store the various body parts. Investigators discovered an entire human torso plus a bag of organs and flesh stuck to the bottom of the ice in the freezer. So it's obviously he's put it in there and it's just stuck in there. Oh, God, yeah. Just peeled it off. There was a 57-gallon oil drum and there were a further three dismembered torsos dissolving in acid. Do you know what he, apparently he said he used to do that? He said, the reason why he done that as well is because he's in apartments. Um, was You'd flush them down the loo. 
Yeah. After he'd literally dissolve him in that and then flush him down the loo. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. fill it up and carry on again. He just wanted complete control. Uh, he, he'd take pictures of them in the various stages of dismemberment for his own pleasure. He claimed he'd do this so he could relive the crimes, but I don't think he thinks it's a crime at this point. I think he's saying he, he, so he can relive the event uh, to give himself sexual pleasure at a you know future. All, future all the memories, memories, yeah. memories. I mean, come on, man. Um, the photos that uh, the police. Well, the, all the photos that they, they discovered were everything they needed to convict him. Obviously, I think at that yeah. point he was like, yeah, you got me. But he apparently, as soon as, like you say, as soon as he was caught, he he was responsive to everything. So he just went, yeah, I'm doing a full confession. There's 17 people I've killed. Yeah. You know, he he, he kept track of it, um, didn't they? He kept track of his um, oh, yeah, victims. Yeah. And like, um, like the Fred West one, where they didn't he quite didn't know. know. Well, like, that's what West yeah. claims. You yeah. don't know. Well, he was a. F- he sounded a bit dummy, didn't he? Yeah, like, he, he was wasn't. a dumb s- serial killer, wasn't he? Yeah, compared to uh, they, Dharma. They found four severed heads in Dharma's kitchen, and a total of seven skulls. Some painted, some bleached. They were all, they were found in his bedroom. They were found in cupboards. There were several bodies decomposing in chemicals in his fucking bedroom. Fucking hell! In his bedroom. But in that place, stunk, man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, neighbours reported a horrible, putrid smell coming from his apartment. No shit. And do you know what he said? 14 bodies in there, that's why. He talked it off and said, oh, don't, don't worry, it's just meat. And he, he, he wasn't he, lying. Yeah, he wasn't, no. He's not, he's not lying, he's telling the truth here. It's just meat. Right, we're going to go to another clip now. This is, um, this is your, so obviously we, we've gone through uh, the, uh, the tr- the, um, what he's done, what they've, what they've found. And this is, this is him in, uh, being basically sentenced um, with family members going fucking nuts at him. Crack on, Robbo. Let's see how quick it comes in. Obviously the high-tech uh, method of putting the speaker up against the, um, the microphone. Not to work. Doesn't it? Hang on. Hang on a second. Jeffrey Dahmer's murderous orgy is over. Throughout the trial that found him sane, grief-stricken families of the 15 men and boys Dahmer killed and mutilated held their peace. But today, before the sentencing, they had their day in court. Did you ever stop to think that this is someone's brother, nephew, uncle, cousin, grandson, or just someone's friend? Never mind, never mind. Uh, well, basically, what, what they do um, when uh, in, 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 they're allowed to get uh, family members into uh, into the court to, uh, I suppose, drag the fucker over the coals one last time before uh, before he gets sent down, uh, and they do go crazy at him. Is he not? Is he not having it, Rob, at all? He's trying to do something. It's good. Sorry, we're very low tech. We're very low tech. It, it is worth a listen. Oh, hang on. No, not coming through. No. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. But yeah, he he explains in the in the clip. Um, I he, shall uh, have a fiddle and see if I can get it going. Yeah, you could do that. He explains in the clip uh, that he ha- he has. He's full of remorse. He says if he if he could die to. Uh, to, to bring them back, he would. Um, and he completely takes 100% responsibility for what he's done. It's just a harrowing... I mean, if we, hopefully we can get it up because you, you can see the family members are confronting him and they're screaming at him. And he just, he, just, he just sits there with his head bowed as if... I suppose it's slightly remorseful, but it, it, it's, not, it's not enough for me, in my opinion. He's not... He's not, um, he's not I mean, it's too late. It's too little too late. Yeah, it, to to sit there and and hear a family member going on, I know you know you go obviously going nuts for the, good reason to go nuts, you know what I mean? And for him to just sit there and and not not well not be responsive at all. He, I've seen that clip and he's he is just sitting there like head down, kind of like he's ignoring them, like it's not happening around him. It's um. It's a bit of a weird, weird um, video to watch, really, because you don't expect him to. You expect him to look at her, and maybe I don't know, put something, you know, say something like "sorry" or, or but no, well, nothing. Here we go. Here we go. It's something. Here, listen to this. This is victim relatives. I'm trying hard to. You almost destroyed me, but I refuse to let you destroy me. I will carry on. You destroyed the baby of the family, and I hope you go to hell. Only the sister of Errol Lindsay was unable to contain her rage. I don't want to ever see my mother have to go through this again. After a brief recess, Dahmer addressed the court for the first time. I didn't ever want freedom. 
frankly, I want a death for myself. This was a case to tell the world that I did what I did not for reasons of hate. I hated no one. I knew I was sick or evil or both. Now I believe I was sick. Though he accepted the blame for his barbaric crimes, cannibalizing, even crudely lobotomizing some of his victims, Dahmer nonetheless asked for forgiveness. I should have stayed with God. I tried and failed and created a holocaust. And if I could give my life right now to bring their loved ones back, I would do it. I am so very sorry. I deserve whatever I get because of what I have done. It's, uh, it's awful. Yeah, yeah, well, it's... He's trying to show remorse at the end there, but do you th- do you think the reason why he's doing that is because he's being caught and the family are there, or th- do you think he actually has remorse for it, or do you think he he um is just saying that? Well, I I think he might. He, it sounds like he might have had a a split personality. I mean, I mean, it really yeah, he does. D- he doesn't think he has, but he he, he kind of kind of got to haven't you in a way because. It's like it's like his his split personality isn't much difference to his normal personality, but it's an empathy thing, isn't it? It's, it's like it's like the other half of him's got no empathy, well, and when he switches onto that, that's it. Yeah, it, it it's too little empathy. I mean, you you can't you can't attempt to show empathy in a court to family members after you've done what no, you've done exactly. That, that they would have been fully aware. Of the horrific details, they would have been. Oh they, yeah, yeah, they would have been told everything. Definitely, definitely would have been told absolutely everything. Right, we've got another clip here um, of Dharma. Hang on, here we go. Intelligent and articulate—that is what makes him so frightening. But if you listen carefully to his words throughout this interview, you realize it is a thin disguise. I had uh, these obsessive uh, desires and and uh, thoughts, wanting to control them. To, uh, I don't know how to put it, uh, possess them permanently. And that's why you killed them. Right, right. Not because I was angry with them, not because I hated them, but because I wanted to keep them with me. <laughs> and uh, as my obsession grew, uh, I was saving body parts such as uh, skulls. And uh, skeletons. Afterwards, were you repulsed? Were you upset? No. It at the time, uh, it was it was almost addictive. It was almost uh, a surge of energy. Uh, I wouldn't have to uh, worry about um, any of their needs or anything. I just had complete control of the situation. I wouldn't have to worry about any of their needs. Yeah, selfish bastard. What? Uh, I think it would be better to be worrying about their needs yeah. if they're alive. Keep them alive. Yeah. What an awful, awful man. The thing is, though, you must... Well, I suppose it's the same you could say of anyone, but there is a certain point when you've done something, if the person's still alive, they they will automatically think, we, I'm going to have to get rid of them anyway, because they're going to tell. It's one of them. Yeah. There is, there's got to be a point and, and a bit of that involved for him to, to finish people off. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it, seem, it seems to be the case uh, with the, 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 the serial killers that I've, that I've looked into. Is they, they all, well, not all of them, but like I say, the ones I've looked into do show remorse. Now, is that, is that, is that crocodile tears? Because if, you can, if you're capable of showing remorse after the fact... You know that what you did was wrong, yeah. so why did yeah. you do it in the first place? Why did place? you keep doing it as well? Why okay. did you keep doing it? Yeah, but I think the remorse thing, showing remorse after, is a case that I'm sorry I got caught. Not not I'm sorry for what I've done. It's more yeah. I'm sorry I've got caught. Yeah, I'm sorry now. I suppose I better say yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That's how I see it, because why why would you do such horrible things to people and then come out of that after once you got caught? You know what I mean? It's it's just it's 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 like you say he's trying to work out work them out, but you you can't you can't. Everyone's different. No. Every psychopath is different. Every serial killer is different. Even though they have the same traits with certain things, i.e., trophy holding trophies and stuff. But uh, it's um you're never going to know what's going through their head. Each one 
No, they reveal what they want you to know. They're, mm. they're, they're, I think they, uh, they enjoy the... They're obviously power-hungry individuals. They like to have total power over someone's body and life. And they also like to have... Uh, when, when all that freedom has been taken away from them, they still like to exercise power. And they do it via lying or only revealing certain things to the police. They lead them on. The police know there's more to it, but yet yeah. they've got power because they've not told them. It's like Bundy said, there's many, many more, and you'll, yeah, if yeah. you kill me, you'll never find them. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah it's, it, like you say, it's a power thing still, isn't it? Even when they get caught, they've got a power thing. They can go, like, I know what I've done, and you want to know what I've done. So I'm, a, I'm one up on you already now. So he was sentenced to something like 999 years, years, I think. 999 years, I think it was, yeah. Uh, So there was no death penalty for him. Um, I mean, death penalty, yes or no, it doesn't really matter uh, whether you agree, disagree in this case. It doesn't matter because he came to a sticky end anyway. Um, He was attacked twice in prison. The first time was in July 1994. Um, He had his throat slashed with a razor blade. Uh, whilst returning to his cell from church service in the prison chapel. He went full God on, yeah, on the inside. Yeah. Isn't that funny? Oh, look at me. I'm so I've sorry. I've been caught. I'm going to re- re- replenish my sins, whatever well, they say. Yeah, to occupy his mind with something. He was in there for a thousand years. Literally, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nothing else to do. Um, he escaped that incident with superficial wounds. Uh, whilst doing janitorial work in the prison gym, Dharma and another inmate, Jesse Anderson, were severely beaten by fellow inmate Christopher Scarver with a broomstick handle. This is on the 28th of November, 1994. He basically beat him to death with a stick. He had such severe head trauma, he died on the way to hospital. And also uh, Christopher uh, Anderson died as well a couple of days later from his wounds. So revenge was enacted on him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's... Was the revenge done though because of who he was, or do you think oh, it was? Yeah. Or was he just a geezer who was just? Oh, definitely, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, there's, I mean, you you hear that quite a lot. People in prison, like you know, it, it's, it's, it's it's like a trophy thing in prison as well. And it, if you kill someone or, or hurt someone who's notoriously famous for whatever, you you're up on them. You're you're higher than them. Yeah, you, it's you, like you, a, a a pecking order, isn't it? People want to know about Jeffrey Dahmer. Want to know how he died. Yeah. Now they know he died, and your name's going to be yeah immortalized in history. Yeah, along with I mean, I wouldn't want that, would you? No, no. Your name next to his name. No, but you do. I mean, that happens quite a lot. You get people that go in prison for you know uh, burglary or or bank robbery or or whatever, and they get put in for a long time for doing something bad, quite rightly so. But they have a a definite line of where they what they will do and what they won't do they won't hurt or kill people but they're willing to you know in some instances hold a bank up and take a load of money yeah. and it's these fellas that are locked up and they're never going to come out that want to take revenge because they'll look at him and go you kill kids man yeah yeah you, I've got nothing to lose no I'm going to get I'm going to be here for forever and the stuff you done is so much sicker than what I done I, all I did you know, like you say, it could be like robbing a bank. Um, okay, it might be aggressive the way it's done, but if no one's hurt and it's like an armed robbery and he's in for life, and then you've got him who's in obviously for life for killing 17 people and dismembering them, you, you'd look at him and you, you, you would be disgusted, wouldn't you? Yeah, you, you, I mean, it's, it's as well with Dharma, it doesn't sound like he was putting in, whilst in prison, in, under any sort of. Uh, extra security. Uh, it sounds like he was sort just of just a normal prison sort of thing. Yeah, well, it would have been a high security prison, but it doesn't. I mean, in England, I know from people that I've people that I've actually worked with have seen the Moors murderer with their own eyes in a, in um, in I think it was Broadmoor Prison, and they um, he he would have all of his lunches by or all of his meals by himself, and he'd have two guards with him at all times because. Because he's a fucking murderer, yeah. he killed kids. There's a target on him, and it's the same with Dharma. But it doesn't sound like he had, any, like we say, no security. You but know, he was a target, and that may have been by design. Fuck yeah, him. Yeah. Let him die, might man. Be. But the thing is, though, as well, it might be because, well, he wasn't classed as insane for some reason, which was I find. Yeah. So was that saying what he okay, did? Okay. Yeah. So so dismembering bodies, eating them, um, having sex with them, and the dead, um, cutting their heads off as trophies. Uh, it's, no, it's, that's saying that is apparently. But I, I think that the reason for that is is probably for that reason alone. It probably is a case of a uh, um, he was trying to obviously lower his case, um, you know, lower his sentence, and 
I don't know what it's like in America. I imagine if you're insane, you probably what they do like in the UK, and you have like your own little prison Special sort of thing, yeah, secure hospital. So maybe that was what he was trying to do, and they they saw what he'd done and thought, nah, uh, I know, so, he is ah, insane. Yeah. He is insane, but we're not going to say he's insane because you want to throw him in with the lions. Yeah, yeah. That's what I reckon would have happened. It's a good point, maybe. Because if I was a judge and I couldn't fucking execute him, I'd say, yeah, yeah. you're not crazy. Yeah, yeah. Have fun in there. Have fun in there with the lifers. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Watch your back, son. Yeah. Fucking literally watch your back. They'll stab you in it. You know what I mean? So, so, yeah. so you can you can also, there's, um you know, they, I mean, they did beat, well, that bloke beat the shit out of him. There are, I mean, I don't know what the other geezer did. I suppose I should have researched might have Might have just been, a f- befriended him. He yeah, might have he been friends been with Dharma and thought, fuck it, I'm doing them both. Yeah, I should have, I should have researched that. Uh, Maybe I will put a, a link on the on the Facebook page as yeah. to, to why that bloke met, met an end as well. Maybe they're both the same. Maybe he's been done for cannibalism and them two just get on. Or yeah. The thing is as well, it, when you look at him and he's talking and he's, he, he doesn't seem insane, so that might be another reason why. But I think the main reason is to put him in with... with uh, you know, other people Hardened who, who will fuck him over. Criminals. Because they can see he's not really, he's a bit of a pussy, really. Well, he was. Yeah. It sounds like it. And they know he's done some bad shit. Like, I, I don't think I've heard any anyone worse. Um, what they what he did to, to people on their own. You know what I mean? Unless you're talking wars and stuff. Ignore wars. I mean, a single person on their own doing that to one person then doing something else to another person in so many horrific ways. Well, when you look at the pictures, if you, I mean, you know... I will have a look at them in um, a bit, yeah. You, it, it, you'll see them in a completely new light. I mean, there was torsos, it just hollowed out rib cages in baths and, it, you know, he was... Fucking hell. It, you know, it's... It's crazy. It's it's it's, it's one of them. Because, like I say, I thought... I, was, I got confused. I can't remember what his name is. I obviously thought it was... Hit the other, other person, some fat geezer who was um, used to murder tramps and stuff. I thought it was him <laughs> at first, but obviously when it popped up, I was like, he didn't look like the fellow I was thinking of. But um, you read into the stories with Dharma, and I don't think I've known any more uh, <coughs> evil serial killers. No, he, he what he done to him, you know what I mean? Dismembering him, eating him, he, you know, keeping trophies of. Heads and cocks and whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then they're like, probably <coughs> having a coffin fit and then like ah. wanking over dead bodies. Yeah. It's, it's... What, I mean, what, what did he, I mean, could you imagine being like a fly on the wall in the room? What, I mean, what did he do? Did he kill him and then did he just go, um... Yeah, yeah, that's it. You want to know what his yeah. reaction is? By the sound of it, it was normal. It was like eating a sandwich or something. Matter yeah, of fact. Yeah, you'd, you'd eat a sandwich just saying, and go, oh, I'll put that down over there and... Watch Teller. It's disturbing. It's just, but he'll just hollow out someone's chest and go, oh, I'll, I'll put the axe down and watch Teller. Yeah. And come back to it later. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, now didn't, seem, didn't seem to bother him by the sound of it. Now I've, now I've killed you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to put you in some weird positions. Yeah. I'm take a take, few p- pictures. Yeah. And then I'm going to I'm going to rape your dead body. Yeah. And then when that's done, I'll either leave you to decompose for a bit or I'll just start I dismembering think, you. I think you might be ta- quite tasty to eat. So I think I'll have a bit of you to eat. What a disturbing <clears throat> individual. Well, that's Jeffrey Dahmer, kids. Yeah, a lovely man. He's a fantastic individual. He knows what he's doing. Um, I hope you enjoyed that one. Sorry about the technical fuck-up halfway through, but yeah. we're, uh, we're, very, happens. Hot, we're very high-tech here. We just uh, get phones and hold and them. We're live. We don't, we don't do any editing to ours. So, uh, I don't know whether you could tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, okay. Contact us. Gmail. What's that, Robbo? Um, Robotsforeyes at gmail.com. And obviously on the Facebook page, Robots for Eyes podcast. Stickers are available still. Get on the Facebook page. Spread the word. Let us know if you want them. Just send us, send me your um, your address. I won't stalk you, chop you up and <laughs> yeah, masturbate your body. plan. <laughs> I promise I'll just send you some nice Stick a stickers. sticker on your skull. <laughs> so uh, have fun, people, and sleep well tonight. Yeah, sleep well. Ta-da. Bye-bye.